Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder. Michael Gerson rose to prominence as a speechwriter for President George W. Bush. After that, he wrote a twice-weekly column for the Washington Post. I feel like I saw him on the PBS NewsHour as one of the moderate Republicans that I actually liked. Mr. Gerson passed away last week at the age of 58 from cancer. Post republished an article he wrote in 2013 on what it felt like to drop off his son at college. He's dead, Brandon, so you can't be woke or MAGA if you're dead. That's my unsympathetic rule here on the Reap on the Smarticle podcast. I feel like that's a sympathetic rule. Yeah. Okay. Sympathetic. You haven't read the article. You didn't do any show prep for this. So let me just read you this because it's very <laughs> poetic. Not true. I did. It's you this, put it behind every, a firewall. Just, and you hey, did your very unprofessional just get, self. Just get, not, get right. nestled under my just get right. nestled under my bosom yeah. and listen to this. Okay. You're gonna love it. Okay. Eventually, the cosmologists assure us our sun and all suns will consume their fuel, violently explode, and then become cold and dark. Matter itself will evaporate into the void, and the universe will become desolate for the rest of time. This was the general drift of my thoughts as my wife and I dropped off my eldest son as a freshman at college. I put on my best face, but it is the worst thing that time has ever done to me. That moment at the dorm is implied at the kindergarten door, at the gates of summer camp, at every ritual of parting of independence. But it comes as surprising as a thief taking what you value most. I'm going to skip ahead. Here's the last part. 18 years is not enough. A crib is bought. Christmas trees get picked out. There's the park and lullabies and a little help with homework. The days pass uncounted until they end. The adjustment is traumatic. My son is on the quiet side, observant, thoughtful, a practitioner of companion, compassionable silence. I'm learning how empty the quiet can be. This guy died. He wrote this. Of all the articles that he could, they could have republished the Washington Post, they chose this one. I know that me and you are in these somewhat similar stage of life where we have young people still running around the house and it's unimaginable that they would ever leave us. I feel like this was just a great reminder that time marches forward and at some point they will leave and you will be sad. I get choked up just thinking about it. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, you know, one, one thing about this article that's interesting that you chose it and I know you didn't, you don't think that way because you're just sort of simple, a simple man, but you know, this guy had, you know, politics and, and he was yep. on shows and he talked about things, uh, but he but he was human. Like, we're all human. It doesn't matter. You know, there's that, that classic Sting song, I Hope the Russians Love Their Children Too, yeah. you know, which, which when I was- From the 80s. Yeah, when I was like 16, listening to it, it didn't mean anything to me. But now I'm like, I think about that often when I think about countries that are problematic or are enemies, I think, man, they're they're- the people in their countries love their children just as much as we love ours. And this article kind of sums that up, right? Is it, it's, it is a thief in the night. You know, when he said about the, the part that always gets me or that chokes me up is when he talks about like the first day of school, right? Kindergarten. Yeah. You, you work so hard to have a child. And that first five years of their life is just overwhelming, all-consuming. You've got to take care of all their needs. It's tiring. It's stressful. More than once, you ask yourself, "Why did we do this?" Yeah, uh, I, yep. I had a pretty damn good life before this little creature yeah. showed up and made my life a living hell. But at the end of the day, you you wake up one day and you realize, man, 
I love this 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 little person. And yep. I've always said to my friends that uh, you know you and I talk a lot about how men aren't necessarily in touch or should be more in touch with how they actually feel. But for me, loving my daughter is a painful love. You know you're not supposed to be their friend. You know you're supposed to raise them to be good people, to be responsible people, to be able to take care of themselves. But it is a painful love when you think to yourself, someday they're going to leave me. And they should. And it's healthy for you to think that way. When these parents hang on forever, that's a sad thing. On the flip side of that, I kind of wonder if this isn't more of an American thing than necessarily a world thing. Because when you're in a country where you can't afford to just leave, yeah, and you're a part of a family unit, and your family keeps you. You don't ever leave your kids. Your yeah. kids stay with you. They live in the same house with you. They go through different phases of life. They get married. They have children of their own, and you go through this. But in America, kids leave and they go far away. Yeah, sometimes thousands of miles away, and then they start their lives. And maybe you see them once or twice a year. Uh, I think there are some families that are lucky and are able to live close to their children and their grandchildren, I envy those families. I never thought I would ever say that, but I truly do. I envy those friends of mine who have parents nearby because I think as a parent, I'm like, wow, I kind of want to live near my daughter when she raises her kids because I want to see her raise those kids. I think that would be cool. But So I think it's a very universal topic. It is a universal topic. I will say this. I'm sort of somewhat going through this a little bit. My daughter's in high school now. And she goes away on Friday nights instead of watching family movies and does things on the weekend with her friends. She's kind of like, kind of, you know, yeah. that's what kids do, right? Yeah. But I want her to know the absolute truth. The party is always at my house. She can do whatever she wants, but the f- most fun she will always have is my house. And I want my all my kids to know that. I've worked hard to figure out who I am. I've worked hard on my marriage. There is not agony in my house there is joy in my house because i think a lot of times you were talking about this kids leave and they don't want anything to part of that i really hope my my kids know the most fun they will have is when they are with me and i'm not saying that to be like a boaster but i've created a good environment where we have a good time and i hope they want to come back and enjoy it if they don't that's fine but i still will be partying no it's not fine I disagree with you. It's not fine. I don't think you mean that. I think you're saying you could accept it if you had to, but ultimately you want them to be nearby. It's funny because we have some mutual friends that lived in San Francisco and moved to the East Coast, moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, the Kilgores, and they moved there specifically because they wanted to live in a place where their children, yeah, they had adopted like half of Africa and they're just amazing people <laughs> and they have like literally, I don't even know how many kids they have now, but they didn't, they knew that their children weren't going to be able to afford to live in San Francisco. Yeah. So they purposely moved. And what about you guys? I mean, at some point when uh, in a very short period of time, three years, be uh, Brennan Claire is going to be off. Well, I don't know if my kids are going to go to traditional college because I don't believe in paying. I don't have $50,000 a year times four times three. So I don't know if my kids are going to do the traditional college thing. So yeah, they will. You sent them to. You're sending your daughter to. Your all your kids are going to uh, Tony Rich private schools right now. You'll figure out a way. Your wife well, will it's figure free. out a way. All right, it's but free. your wife will figure out a way. So I'm saying, uh, let's we'll assume. Well, okay, we'll whatever. But assume they go away. At some point, are you going to want them to come back and live near you? That's I'm, the question. I mean, I mean, that's really up to decide for them, right? I mean, I, I really don't want to put. Of any course, it is. Up. That's not the point. If all things being equal and you had your druthers, would you want them to live near you as adults? Well, here, of course, who would say no to that, right? 
I don't think anybody. I don't know. But I, I really just think like the home is this place where if you figured out your business, like they talk about like empty nesters, right? Husbands and wives right. have to like figure out this new life, right? And it could be miserable. Like if you've got your S figured out personally, then corporately with your wife, there's not this giant hole when they leave. It's an evolving thing, right? Absolutely. So that's where I'm at. Like I'm kind of looking forward to when people, I'm not looking forward to it, but I want to uh, join community theater. I want to be an usher at the Giants game. Like, there's things I want to do. I'm not sitting around pining that I'm not a parent anymore. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, you're always going to be a parent. I mean, that just yeah. never ends. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What if? That, so let me give you some, you know, a um, hypothetical. One of your children, doesn't matter which one, decides to move to I don't know Boise, Idaho, or yeah. some some kind of cool town where it's affordable, and yeah. they want you to move there to help. They're gonna they they start having a family. Got three or four kids. Would you guys, and assuming that Karen's going to go along with you, would you guys decide to pick up and move, pick up stakes and move to where they were? Or is that sort of a game time decision? Well, I mean, of course, it's a game time decision. I would never, I'm never going to, I would not move to Boise, Idaho full time. I would definitely do like a school year, help kind of things out because that's been given to me. But I would never move to Boise, Idaho just for Why not? Now. I mean, I would, once again, I would. Maybe I would do Mike a Mike Davis thing. He lives in San Francisco and then helps his son. Another out name the that you drop that no one knows, but okay. But I'm just saying, like he kind of lives part time because he goes to where his kids yeah. are, kind of helps them out when they need it, and comes back. I would never just pick up everything and move to. Is it because you just love San Francisco so much? Well, I this idea that at whatever year this is, when I'm in my 60s, then I'm going to leave all of my community and go to a place that I don't know anybody True. else other than my. That just seems to me that seems like hell. Yeah, that doesn't sound great to me too. And I think that's one of the reasons why you gave me you busted my bees a lot when we decided to move out of San Francisco. But there was a lot of thought that went behind that. And what we decided, what Corey and I basically decided is that we wanted to live in a place where someday, if we ever we didn't have children, we moved right when, when Maple was born. But we we knew that we wanted to live in a place where our kid could afford to live near us. In a town that was fairly cool, and it was funny, yeah. I was cleaning out the security box recently, and one of the security questions was, where do you want to retire? And my, and it was the answer was Asheville. And mm. I live in the place that I've always wanted to live in. I never felt the same way about the city, San Francisco, the way you do. And I think that that's, I know this is sort of a, a digression away from the article, which is about being a parent and the loss of your child in a sense of them not being around you that way. But I think that you can think in terms of how do I want this next story of my life to play out? Do I want to set myself up so that my children can live near me? And that doesn't mean they can't live in San Francisco. It just might be more of a challenge. So I think that's kind of the the, the algebra that we performed to sort of figure out what we wanted to do. And I'm grateful that we did because I feel like she's being raised in this really great town. Not again, that San Francisco is not a really great town, but it is a much harder town to raise a kid in than say, Asheville or Eugene, Oregon or Boise, Idaho. Well, I think you've been bringing up an interesting premise of what I got from this article is that I think some people, I know this sounds stupid, don't understand the concept that time moves forward. Eventually, there will come a time when, in theory, I'll retire and kids will be gone, blah, blah, blah. But you don't have that time yet. You got to kind of maybe have an eye on that thought. Right. But you only have this moment you have now. And as you mentioned, kids are crazy coming and going, changing diapers. It is a giant S show. And you're like, why did I do this? But that's all you have is that you moment. You can say shit show, by the way. It's podcast. Yeah. My mom's listening. Thanks, oh. Brandon. Well, 
All you have is this moment. I just, it's so funny that people still don't get that. All you have is the, like, literally, I do a a ceremony every morning where I go out and just scoop the sunshine to my face and say, this is the only, I'm not even promised this day to the end of it. Some like Native American smoke in your face ritual? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, kind of like that. It's a good good idea. Native Americans would get up and be like, all I have is this moment looking at the sun. That's all we got. And... Yeah, eventually I'm going to have to make decisions, but I have right now. And time goes so fast with kids, and you're dropping them off at college, and then it's see you later. Yeah, I think that is the probably the best takeaway from this show, if anything else. I mean, is that you only have what's right in front of you. Don't live 30 years down the road. or, or I mean, you could, you could plan. You know, you could think about. You can ponder. The but to, The balance, right. But ultimately... Like today, we have some uh, cousins of Maples coming in. She's very excited for them, Woo-hoo! and it's just Cousin be time. Fun. just just fun, you know. And you get to see it through her eyes, and remembering that you're building these memories for not just for her, but for you. And I don't know. I I think that I think that that's part of what we do. Our God talks to me. Heaven is simply a place where we can live those best memories forever. Right, that we don't have to say, "Oh, it's over, it's done." I drop them off, and where did the time go? The time has no meaning, and I, I love that concept. That's not just a Christian concept; that's kind of a universal concept. Well, it's technically a Belinda Carlisle concept. Ooh, heaven is a place <laughs> on earth that's a Belinda Carlisle. Sure, right. sure. Let, Wow. <laughs> thank you. Let me thank you for letting me teach you today, Brandon. 